Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe in NBA Prospects podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your boy Rob Braun with T. Rose back in the building. Monday came so fast, man. What's going on on your side? Yeah, it did. You know, we, we shoot it last week on a Thursday, you know, and we had to be back for the people on Monday here at 3 p.m. So I'm glad to be back to give them more what they need. It's a fact, man. How, how's everything really looking on your side today? I know it's real gloomy over here today. How's things in Detroit? It's real gloomy in Detroit. Actually, looks like it's going to be some thunder showers. So please, 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 can we please hope that there be no power outages again? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, no more problems. We were down three days due to it. So uh, I'm just hoping that there's no there's, there's no no problems with this storm that's about to come. That's a fact. The power is back in the building. We're going to touch on a couple of prospects to you guys today. Obviously, you know how we do it. We're going to touch on Nico Mannion, James Wiseman, and a couple of other good names. Kyrie Irving decides to put a real huge supplement fund together for the WNBA players that are choosing not to play in, in this upcoming season, whether it's for social justice reasons or just choosing just to sit the season out. And we have a couple of topics for you guys, and to tell me what's on your mind segment, as we always do. Nico Mannion, Arizona point guard, 6'3", 190, shifty, great positioning as a point guard. I would say me and you both seen him play in high school, and um, he was a standout this year. I, what are they? Is that Big Ten? I believe that's that Big be, Ten. I believe that's the Pac-12, Arizona. Pac-12? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I like Nico Mannion's game because he's explosive. And like we were saying earlier, he's 6'3", but he has like his frame. Like you can misjudge it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that he does a good job of getting his teammates involved. He shoots the three very well. And uh, just to give you guys a couple of stats, because, you know, T. Rose is the stats guy. He averaged 14 points this year, two and a half rebounds, a little over five assists. and a good one is he had over, he had double figures in over 32 what is it double figures in 25 out of 32 games this year so um very aggressive on the offensive end and um yeah he Arizona didn't do too bad this year I could say I would have to agree I like Nico he's he's a true stud and again he's one of those guys that you can sleep on because when you look at him you don't necessarily think he's as big as he is he does stand Mm -hmm. at 6'3 and he's very athletic very explosive so don't be fooled he'll get to the rack and punch on you just as much as he could break your ankles and hit the step back three so you could definitely be fooled by his game but if I have to talk about a big prospect that has that's on my mind I gotta go with the big fella James Wiseman out of Memphis man that Mm. guy right there He's bringing back the true definition of a big man, especially at the college level. He kind of reminds me a lot of Chris Webber when Chris Webber played at the University of Michigan, the way that he can run the floor. He's real agile, has a big frame. He's physical. James Wiseman, I think he averaged about 20 points this season along with 11 rebounds. He only played in three games due to the suspension. His potential and, and the prospect that he is, People will not miss up on him. So even though he only paid three games, he's still going to probably be a top three pick. So I'm just looking forward to see what this big fella can do. How he's going to really bring back that true form of a big man in the NBA. I'm excited about James Wiseman too, because the NBA is missing the big man badly. 
Mm-hmm. Right. Last two big men, I would say that we really seen true big man with Shaq. No disrespect to Dwight Howard, but a big man to me is a player that plays with his back to the basket. You know, it's nothing wrong if he has an occasional jump shot, but we have four other players that can do that. He just needs to be able to hit his free throws and he's good with me. You know, I don't really like the stretch five mentality anymore because it's taken away from that dominant presence in the middle, which is what I really feel like college basketball and NBA basketball is missing. So I'm very excited for James Wiseman. He's a true big man. He will bring the house down on you, and it must be nice to know that you could play three games and still be able to mm-hmm. walk right into the NBA draft. That's, that's a great feeling mm-hmm. for sure. And somebody else that comes to my mind is James Bucknight. True freshman out of UConn. When I think of James Bucknight, he gives me the Gerald Green vibes. You remember Gerald Green? Mm. Mm-hmm. Stupid bounce, right? You remember he mm-hmm. caught that open New Jersey? I forgot who threw it. It might have been Kerry Kittles or, or Jason Giddy. He, he caught the open and he threw the windmill. Mm-hmm. They were just comparing yeah. that dunk to they're just comparing that dunk to one of VC's windmills. So okay, when, yeah, yeah, when, yeah. And it's hard to, and it's, you got to think, you can't forget Gerald Green because he's, if I'm not mistaken, he was just he's in the league eight. last season and he's still mm-hmm. in the league right now playing alongside with Houston. So mm-hmm. Gerald Green, he's still been able to be around, be productive on a team. And again, he's very athletic and, and, and he's a durable player. So yeah, that, I think that would be a good comparison. Let me ask you this though. So when we get those type of players, not to put them in a certain category, but when we have a player that goes into the league or plays at the collegiate level, that can only jump. Do you really feel like there's a place for them in the NBA? Like there's a place for three-point shooters or you need feel like they need to add more to their game? You have to add more. You have to add more. I think that that's a strong attribute to have, to be able to be athletic, to be able to dunk. But I think that's just one aspect of a game. If you can dunk, but you can't play any defense, you'll never touch the floor. Just like if you mm. can dunk, but you can't do anything from the perimeter, you're only going to be durable at certain points of the game. So I think that you have to always be be willing to expand your game in, in a way. You don't want to just be one-dimensional when you talk about playing basketball. There's guys that, that master a certain aspect to a great degree, but they're still able to be durable and useful on other ends of the court. So you definitely have to, have to learn to do more than just be athletic and be able to dunk. Yeah, so I was watching a clip of James Bucknight, and his point guard was on the right side, on the right wing. He hit him with the V-cut and then cut back door. He's a mm. two-feet jumper, quartered off two, and then just threw mm. it crazy. So, yeah, he, he actually wanted to go into the league this year, but I think after talks with his coach and, and his teammates and family, they thought it was better for him to, you know, just stay and um, just get more exposure. I mean, he still had a solid year, though. He averaged, like, 13 points. You know, he had a good year, but I mean, he still probably has a little bit more development in terms of his body and just his overall game. But it's it's good. Shout out to him. He's coming out of Brooklyn. You know, shout out to NY. So um, mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what he does when uh, when he finally gets a chance to get into the league. Because I definitely see him slotting in some time soon. Okay. Well, my next pick is going to be who I feel we just described: someone who is athletic, but someone who also expands his game. He's been able to shoot. He's physical. And he does it on both ends of the floor at times as well. I'm talking about Anthony Edwards from Georgia, the big man. He's very agile. He's very – Stupid bounce. Stupid. Can get to the basket, finish around the basket, finish on the defender. He can work a little bit on his three-point shooting. I think he only shot maybe 
30, 33%. He shot low, yeah. Yeah, he shot pretty low from three-point land. But those are things that he can continue to grow on. But his frame, his size, I think that he settles a little bit when you talk about shooting. I think he needs to utilize his size and his ability to get to the basket, finish with contact, or get to the line. I think he averaged about 19 points, five rebounds, about three assists. So, I mean, this kid, he's a true stud, and he's an athlete, and he's, he's willing to learn. That's one thing I've always heard his coaches say, that he's always willing to learn. And I've just seen great moments of him. I'm t- going back to the Maui tournament of, of last year, giving teams 30, 35 points. So I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what, what Anthony Edwards is going to be able to do and how he's going to continue to progress with the skill set that he already has now. T. Rose, tell me, you got him as a top five pick? Without a question. Okay. A, I, I figured I, you would so say I, that. I, I really have him as a top three pick. Okay, that's fine. So mm-hmm. with him being a top three pick, you're telling me that you feel like you can build around him? I do. Your team is terrible. He's you. You feel like he can be your number one man, and everyone builds around him. I do think that that's a possibility. Why? But again, he's someone. I think that's a possibility because he's a leader. He has a leadership tendency. He has leadership qualities, but he's still also young. So there's things that mm-hmm. he's still going to have to work on. There's still going to be maturity levels that he's going to have to face. So I think there's still some growth that needs to be made. But when you talk about a team who's, who's looking to rebuild or, like you said, not necessarily good, I think that's what you should start with. Someone's young, who's talented, who can continue to build and hopefully be able to get other pieces around him and allow that to, to prosper as far as the team aspect goes. When I look at him, I see a great asset a great piece to the puzzle right um Mm -hmm. i don't really think i'm not yeah i don't feel like you can build around him i feel like he's a piece to the puzzle why do i say that because i just feel like he's a good scorer you know Mm -hmm. and good scorers aren't exactly someone you can build around their pieces to the puzzle meaning you add them right we can't just all right we're gonna build around anthony edwards because he averaged 20 points last year You know, he's a scorer. We need someone that's going to be able to facilitate, be able to take over the game in big moments. Not saying I haven't seen him do that a whole bunch, but I just saw him score the ball a lot. I I saw him score the ball a lot this season. But you also saw him take over big moments as well, take clutch shots down the stretch, bring his team back from big deficits and win games. So you've seen him perform, and and to your point where you say it's hard to build around scores – I mean, I, I look at a team no, like No, it's Golden not hard State. to build around scorers. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they can't be the focal point of the building. Like, I feel like you start with LeBron, then you add. Mm-hmm. You don't just – we can call Steph see, Curry but see, a scorer, but, you see, but he's a point guard as well. You of see course, what I'm but saying? You, that, that, that's my point. We've seen teams actually be able to do it, to take a piece like a, a Stephen Curry, because when you look back at it, he wasn't very strong defensively. He also battled injuries as well with his ankles. So, But his scoring ability overshadowed all of that, and that, and that kind of motivated to kind of look like, okay, we may have something here. And from that, you start to see other pieces get implemented, like a Klay Thompson. Bam, now you got another scorer alongside of you. Now you got a Draymond Green who can run the floor, who could be a defensive presence, can also score if need be. Then you just see pieces start to mesh you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so you never know out of what what you have what you can build around it so I think that I think I think we could agree to disagree but I definitely think that however it goes he will be someone talented on someone NBA's team okay that's fine I got something else for you too Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving right 
he, he's doing a great thing for the WNBA. He's going to be mm-hmm. putting together a fund of $1.5 million. Hopefully, it's going to continue to grow for the WNBA players that won't be playing in this current season right here. Natasha Cloud, a whole bunch of other different names that are choosing not to play. And a huge shout-out to Natasha Cloud. She's doing a great thing for the NBA. She's really heavily involved in the different social injustices and seen her on the show with Don Lemon a couple weeks back as well, too. And um, huge shout out to her for what she's doing. And Kyrie Irving, right? We were just talking about building. Mm -hmm. After watching him play for the length of time he's been in the league, I have to say this, that he no longer, to me, is the number one option. Uh He's a number two option. Like, he can't be the man. Why I say that is because when he was in Cleveland by himself, Cleveland didn't do well. When he was supposed to be the man in Boston, it didn't go well. It's not taken away from his game. I just think Uh he's an elite piece to the puzzle, right? His scoring ability is off the charts. He can drive. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he can hit the three. He creates. He gets everyone involved. But I think it's something within his leadership and just within his game. He's box office. Like, the man is a straight-up bowler. But when I think of starting a team, I was pushing for Kyrie, if I would say, up until when he got when he left Boston. Um, after he left Boston and he went to Brooklyn, I feel like I finally accepted that he's the number two on a great team. Well, first, I want to commend Kyrie for the for the 1.5 <laughs> million dollar supplement donation. That's big. You have to commend him. So, whatever the on court on court differences are, whatever what he's doing off the court, you have to commend, especially for the WNBA women who are deciding to play. You know, to fight for social justice, who decide to focus on their own physical or mental health. Uh, so, whatever their reason is, I think that is great that Kyrie is in support. So, I think that donation would definitely be used in a positive way, and I'm sure that those the ladies who will benefit from that will appreciate it. But flipping over to what you say, as far as him not being the go-to guy for his team, I would have to agree. I think that Kyrie's a point guard that you know his true ability as far as being able to score, being able to create shots. But I think when you talk about having that leadership quality and being able to rally a team together and say, hey, guys, let's do this. Let's put these things together. Be strategic at times. I think he lacks those qualities. And I think that's good that he's able to have someone like LeBron. You saw how that played out in the championship they were able to acquire. Moving forward to Brooklyn now, he does have a Kevin Durant, and I feel like that's what he lacked in Boston. He had to be the brains of the operation, and sometimes guys aren't ready to be Batman. Sometimes they're good at being Robin, and if that's what he has to be for for the benefit of the team, I think that Kyrie's at a point where he's willing to accept that. So if it's a LeBron James or if it's Kevin Durant, I think if it's, if it's going to work out for the team aspect, I think that that's a role that Kyrie's willing to fulfill now. So hopefully going into this, going into next season when, when Kevin Durant and uh, is back and the team is, is all put together and we have a regular restart to the 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 season actually I think we'll we'll be able to see something good come out of Brooklyn and not to not Kyrie I want people to fully understand what I'm saying I think that Kyrie we have this thing that we do the best person on the team is supposed to be the leader Mm -hmm. I feel like Melo got put in that situation when he was in New York right I feel like he was the best on the team but Melo's like a silent leader Mm-hmm. Right. And most times we look at the leader as someone that's vocal will speak up. Right. Some leaders come in, they just give you their 30 and they go home. You know, if you want to talk a little bit about something, we can do that. But I'm not going to be as vocal with you. I put my working on the court. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad and I'm glad you said that, because that 
to me is what I'm scared of in Brooklyn because the Kevin Durant, who is the leader, he's what you said. He's come in, he gives his 30 and, and he goes and home he and he goes home. So I think that. So that, him and Kyrie can't both do that. But, but somebody we, we has to step mm-hmm. up. I mean, you're right. That's we great. don't know. But mm-hmm. to be two dominant forces like that, I mean, we I feel like we have some idea of what we're going to see out of Kevin Durant because he played along Russell Westbrook. Right. I don't feel like it's going to be too, too different from Kyrie. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be a little bit craftier, but it's not going to be way different. I think they might win more, but we're going to have to see how they gel together. But yeah, I'm, I'm just saying that to say, like, I don't take it away from Kyrie. It's just what he's shown us is that he's very smart. He's very intelligent, but I don't feel like leadership is the strongest role for him. And we get caught up in because of his skill level, we automatically want him to be a leader, right? And I think, and I, but, but, but to that point, I think sometimes you have to take other examples and look at those. When you look at Golden State, those, those years that they won championships, if you were to ask me who the leader was, I wouldn't say it was Clay. I wouldn't say it was Steph the years they won without KD. And when KD was there, I wouldn't say it was him. I would say the leader is Draymond Green. So sometimes your best player isn't going to necessarily be your most vocal or be right. the leader of the team. So I think in this aspect, there's no telling how Brooklyn could be. You, you can go in and, and the coach be the leader. You can go in and it could be someone like a Karis LeVert or be a veteran on a team like a Jamal Crawford. You never know. It, you never know who the leader could be, but that's just what you have to see. And again, they haven't played with each other on in a game yet, so we don't know how they're going to mesh. We don't know how that chemistry is going to be on the court. You could just hope that those two players want to be able to get along and individually we know that they're going to get off. So we're just looking to see how, how it plays out and how the team meshes. Not to mention they added Jamal, Jamal Crawford and Michael Beasley. So there's no telling if they keep those two, what they could do for the team along Spencer Dinwiddie and, you know, DeAndre Jordan and, and, and the whole squad. So I'm happy to see what they're going to do. But huge shout out to Kyrie Irving looking out for the WNBA because we have to look after our women, our black women, all women, you know, um, because the WNBA, they, they struggle over there. Like we were saying a little bit earlier, top salary in the NBA, uh, WNBA is, is a little over $200,000. That's good for your average person, but some of them still have to work other jobs, still have to go play other seasons, you know, um, internationally. So, um, head up to the WNBA, man, a group of strong women that's still balling out here and, and changing the world. My boy nice. Lou Williams is in the building, Magic mm. City. Like Lou Will. <laughs> like Lou Will. Everybody just want to be like Lou Will, whether it be another athlete, whether it be a rapper. Oh, like, man. But, but I think this is the only instance I wouldn't want to be Lou Will. This is probably the only instance. Yeah, that 10 that day quarantine is trash now. He's going to miss the season opener. He's going to miss the game against the Pelicans. That's just. Well, the season opener is important when you talk about the Battle of LA with Let's the talk Clippers. About it against Los Angeles Lakers. I think that's going to be a big game. Hold on, game. before we even get there, didn't you lose some money on that? Mm. You want to talk about that? All right, never mind. Go ahead. That, 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 that was before. We're talking about the bubble. Like, okay. We're talking about All the right. bubble. You want to right talk about now. the bubble, right? Yeah. We're yeah. talking about the bubble right now. The but bubble. You were right. You did, you did win that bet, but you know who I'm still pulling for. Because you wasn't hearing me. You was feeling was, good the night before, too. You was talking hot shit that night before, too. You was feeling yeah. good. You, you knew. You just knew that the Clippers was going to win that game. What Rob is talking about, he's he's referring to a bet that we had <laughs> at right. school mm-hmm. at Syracuse. He was pulling for the Lakers. Yes. I was pulling for the Clippers. 
And the Lakers bust that ass. Obviously, as he cheers on right now, you can obviously see that the Lakers won. But again, as we fast forward now to the season opener coming up on July 30th as the Clippers face the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm just hoping he has this same energy because oh, even, without, even without Lou Will, I know think that. that it's a possibility. But then again, I can't say because Lou Will, that's a big piece, man. You're missing almost 19 oh, yeah. points a game when you lose someone like oh, Lou Will. He'll come off the bench so, and give you a calm 30. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I think that um, it's unfortunate that the Clippers are going to miss him in the season opener against the Lakers on the thirtieth, and then the Pelicans on August first. Because when you talk about what he could bring to the game, it's just it's just so much. It spreads the floor. His nineteen points a game is very valuable, especially on nights where Paul George may not be in a groove, mm-hmm. and or yeah. Kawhi may not be in a groove, and also Montrez Hero, who he's been out, but I think he's now coming back into the bubble hopefully soon. I, I saw Patrick he's a huge help too. Yep. Patrick has arrived back in the bubble. So there's other aspects and avenues that's going to be able to be helpful. But for those two games, I think it's going to be big for Lou Will to be out. And again, man, Jake, Jake Harlow, next time, don't post the picture, man. Why we always got to you know take I mean? a picture in the moment? Why? Like, why? And then, why and, and gotta... then say it's old or, or I ain't mean to take it or you let's know, just enjoy the moment. Put your phone away. He now your man's enjoy... is jammed up. He was trying to enjoy Magic City, enjoy his wings, trying to relax and decompress after a stressful evening. I saw that he had went to a, a viewing and or a funeral earlier in, yeah. in, the, in the day. So I'm, I'm, it was a lie. He just wanted to relieve himself. And now, look, he's missing out. He has to quarantine for 10 days. He's missing 10 out days, two games. Yeah. And, and he out 150 k mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Hey, look. When I, when, I, when I hear numbers like that, and and, and I'm saying, and they're saying I'm missing that, kicking myself. Bad to work, butt, man. Yeah, kicking myself. Bad but he's good. He hold it down in the ten day quarantine. We hope to see you back soon, Lou. We'll hold it down, man. I have to give a huge shout out to Montrez Harold too. I remember watching him back at the Jimmy V Classic when he was at Louisville, and I always wondered, like players like him and Draymond Green would adapt to the NBA and I feel like they've created their own lane because they're not the tallest. They are strong, but because they're so aggressive and they have that motor, it just, it overcompensates for that height that they don't have. You know what I'm saying? Because when you look at a six, nine, uh, forward or power forward, I feel like a a small forward is like a bigger version of a shooting guard, if you will. Right. Right. Just a little bit more stronger and a little bit more agile. But when Mm -hmm. they're playing against big men now, it's it's a whole nother realm. That's right. way more energy that I need on both sides of the floor from you. Mm-hmm. So um huge shout out to Montrez how he's he's created his own lane in the league and he's bowling. He's yeah, bowling. He I can't knock he's, it. Yeah. These last two seasons, I say he's arguably he's been stepping in the up. running. Yeah. He's he's been in the running for the six man of the year award. So I commend him. I'm looking forward to him getting back. Him and Lou Will having them in your coming off your bench with about almost 20 points a game each. I mean, you're a team to be reckoned with, so hopefully they'll both be back and ready to play soon in this restart. And he's 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 like one of those tough players, like like Markeith Morris. Like mm-hmm. I like when Markeith Morris, uh, one of the twins, have to like guard LeBron. You know, he can't fully contain him, but mm-hmm. it's a matchup. He, he's gonna he's going you know he's gonna give LeBron a good shot. You know, you're gonna give him that, so. that, that, that physical. Yeah, ability. that physical. You're not. You're not, you're not just gonna bully me. You're you know not bullying I mean? him. No. Like you. You gonna. You may get the bucket because you are LeBron James, but but you're you, not you gonna, gonna bully me. You're you gonna, gonna earn the bucket. Me. Yeah. You're gonna feel me. One hundred percent. Everybody's making a huge deal about the LeBron press conference. 
over, you know, the quarantine. Everyone's been wondering where LeBron's mindset has been at because of all of the different things. A lot of people like to look to LeBron for advice and how he feels because of his platform. But uh, I'm really just here to say that all of the time we all have a platform. And just because you don't hear somebody say something doesn't mean that they're not on the wave to and they're not pushing to help things and, and adjust the way that society should be. LeBron paired up with Uninterrupted, his company, and created that whole graduation movement, had Obama on there. You know, like he's, he's done plenty of things for us. So just to get back to that, uh, LeBron just said that being Black Lives Matter is not a movement. It's a lifestyle. You know, the quote went viral. And I, I mean, I don't understand why it went viral because it's the truth. You know, like, I don't know what that did for some people or that didn't help people, like, understand it. But, like, that's just a matter of what the situation is. And, like, how we said a couple days ago, all of the players are continuing to put Breonna Taylor at the forefront of everything. Tobias Harris is saying, I'm not going to talk to you guys about anything but this in a respectful way, but this is what matters. So what's really your take on that? Well, well this is nothing new. This is, this is what LeBron does. And, and that's one thing I love about him because his impact – is felt just as much on the court as it's felt off the court. And the things that he says in this press conference, they hold meaning to it. And I, and I think that it's great that he's going to use his platform, being a LeBron James, probably arguably the biggest star, if the biggest NBA player there is right now, to use his platform for social justice, for awareness, and to educate. I think that, that that's great that he's doing that. And I've seen, like you say, I've seen – LeBron do it. I've seen D-Wade wear the shirts for Breonna Taylor. I've seen Tobias Harris speak on it in press conferences. So when you have leaders like that that's willing to put their name, their their livelihood, and their reputation on the line for these equalities, I think you have to commend that. But for LeBron, this has been nothing new. We saw him do this back when, when Trayvon Martin died, I want to say back in 2013, and how he used his platform to bring awareness and justice to that situation. So I think that it's great that he's continued to do that when you fast forward seven years later. And uh, that's a big fact. And I think that the media just has to be very aware of what the situation really is right now. I know that a lot of them are coming to the press conferences and they're just feeling like, how long are we going to keep talking about this? They're going to be talking about this for a while. So they need to get comfortable. They need to educate themselves and they need to hear what's being said right now and not be so willing to just get to the game. Because just because basketball is back, that doesn't mean that we're sidetracked now. These athletes have to get this money. They still have to do what they have to do for their families. But y'all going to listen to what we have to say. You know what I mean? So hopefully the media is just really paying close attention to what's at stake right now. And I think right now LeBron and, and other athletes could attest that the, the slogan that LeBron uses more than an athlete, I think that truly holds holds a testament right now. And I think the media and the outside world are truly getting – getting a whiff of how these people are and understanding that athletes are human beings too. They mm -hmm. have feelings, they have emotions and that they are more than just someone who picks up a basketball or football or baseball, mm -hmm. but they have, they have feelings, they have awareness and they want to make sure that they can use their platform to just educate, not just talk about their respective sports. What I will say too, though, is something that I'm noticing is the players are really going to have to stay aware of the different things that are going on because it's going to be, it's nonstop, you know, it's like every day now, you know, so if they get asked a question and they don't know what's going to going on, not that it will look bad, but they should be on top of what's going on, you know, before you go to practice, just do a little 15, 20 minute read on what's happening 
you know i mean if breaking news happens while you're in practice that's cool but um they have to do their that's their duty to stay aware of the many things that are going on right now so yeah so troy tell me what's on your mind man if if i gave you a hundred thousand right now right what's the first three things you're doing with that hundred thousand well what i have to realize is a hundred thousand is not and to some people it's 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 a true blessing but i don't think it's life-changing so i think i have to i have to be strategic so if you ask me if you give me a hundred thousand i'm putting 60 in honey k i'm putting 60 in the bank to not touch and 40 i'm gonna handle my little business pay off any little bills i got Hmm. do, do what i need to do for school and, and then from there, hopefully, I'll be working and then use the other 60 as, as, as a uh, stacking point. If you ask me, you know, I'm not no big splurger. You know what I mean? I'm not. <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't me, man. I know you wanted me to say I was going to go buy this, go buy that. Yeah, I thought you was going to get a Bugatti or something. Nah, 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 with the 40, don't believe, don't trip. I'm gonna, you know, I'm going to get some drugs. Oh, we you know. know You're going to get something get, nice. Get something, you know, maybe get a little kit. Something like that, mm. but uh, you know, I'm I'm really gonna just use forty to probably take care of my business, maybe a little bit for play, and the other sixty we putting that up. I feel that hundred k right now, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna put up at least half. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We going a nice trip, nice trip, seven days, not thinking about nothing. Water, jerk chicken, good rice, good everything. You know, and then mm-hmm. come back do a little shopping, give me some nice jewelry. You know, it just set the vibe and right. Not, and, like, and, like, and one, one <laughs> more thing, man. If I if I get a hundred thousand, I'm going to represent for Lil Will. I'm going to Magic City. Oh. I'm taking I'm taking five. You know, I'm, I'm taking I'm at least five to ten you, to Magic. But we leaving our phones in the car. Without a question, we leaving them at the phones crib. In the car. That's we a fact. We don't crib. even need them. You know what I mean? That's a big fact. The New York Knicks are looking to lock in this deal with Tom Thibodeau. Very hmm. awkward five year deal. Knicks do not usually do this. Mm. Troy, is this a good move for the Knicks or not? Well, I, th- I think it's a good step in the right direction. Tom Thibodeau, he definitely has a has his has his fair share in the NBA, and he's done great things coaching along with the Bulls when he had Derrick Rose and guys like Jimmy Butler. He's coached some great talent down in Minnesota with guys like Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns. So I know his leadership presence as a coach is definitely felt. I think that the five-year deal comes at the expense of knowing that the Knicks is not a great team right now. So wanting to lock someone in to be alongside, be along for the for the process because it's going to be along with when you talk about the team like the Knicks and, and building things and, and the process in which they're going through with a lot of young talent and hopefully to get themselves in a position to be a winning team. There's been a lot of hectic, a lot of chaos in the in the front office. So I think that uh it's good to lock in someone like Tom Thibodeau, but I, I think we have to now focus on the talent in which we can get on the team and hopefully the leadership in the front office will get a little better as well. Yeah, Tom Thibodeau, I think he's a he's a good guy for the job. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say he's not. I thought it was really a little awkward to me because the Knicks never do that. But teams aren't normally this bad. So, yeah. I think you I think you want to try to too. lock in. You want to try to lock in someone who you feel is going to be along for the process, not someone who's just willing to come jump on the bandwagon for a year or two and in a year or two we still Get be shitty and and, and they and they're moving on. So, I think that it, it's a great move for the Knicks, and hopefully that Tom Thibodeau is ready to go along for this ride because it's going to be a long It's going to be a ride. 
And that's the thing, too, with the Knicks. It's like the people that always get signed up for these jobs, Derek Fisher, was it John Hornacek, Isaiah mm-hmm. Todd, they always get clipped. Mm-hmm. They always get clipped. Like It's like they have a year or two years max, and it's like the Knicks have never been in a position where they just needed someone that was going to take them to the next spot, and they were going to do it in such a tight span like that. Like That's not how that works. Right. And like we had said before, we spoke. The Knicks, uh, Knicks haven't been good, what, since Melo? Decent? So it was that, 20... 2012, Back when they made it. that little playoff run with the Celtics. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, Tom Thibodeau is going to bring defense. And that's something right. the Knicks need, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yes, absolutely. So, um, I'm excited for it. You know, um, they got Wild Wild West in the building, too. You know, mm-hmm. recruiting the guys for, for the draft and whatnot as well, too. So, we're going to see, man. The Knicks need God. I don't know what could help the Knicks because they're, they're just a terrible. Miracle on a prayer. Yeah, that, that's, that's very, very true. Meek Mill and mm-hmm. Shorty seem mm-hmm. to have taken some space. I read up and I saw that he, he actually confirmed that, you know, they officially have went separate ways. People are clowning Meek Mill because they're saying that he was so quick to say that they broke up publicly, but never claimed her publicly. Well, I mean, I've, I've always <laughs> been, I, no, I've always been a firm believer to, if, if, if that's your private life, then try to keep it private. Like, I don't feel like I need to hear a PSA to why you and your lady aren't together anymore because it's not really my business. But again, they, they are public figures. They are people who people look into and care about and follow. So I think that uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, they aren't together, especially when they just had a baby, I want to say like two months ago. So yeah. I think that it is unfortunate that uh, they aren't going to be together after just having a child. But again, if they could be, you know, good parents and coexist and do what they need to do for the child, then that's the most important aspect. But again, one thing you have to commend his lady, Milano, for being, is a woman of her own. So I'm sure he's still going to be a great father. He's still going to help contribute and pay for this, pay for that. But she also got her own. So I think that that's great what she's doing with her clothing line, how she's beginning to build her brand. So I think uh, it's unfortunate, but I think at the end of the, end of the day, they're both going to be fine. Yeah. And at the end of the day, to be 100% honest with you, it's nobody else's business. Like, what they do is what they do. I mean... That really has nothing to do with us. But, I mean, it is what it is at the end of the day. Wish them both the best. You know, they got a beautiful child out the situation. So, they should be straight. But Drop your some music soon. Yeah. Drop some music oh, soon, he gave us. He gave us, um, what is it? Uh, what's the joint with Donald Trump on it? Uh, I don't know if I heard that one. Joint fire. You heard it. Is it? You heard it. I don't know if I heard that one. It's one of, I might have heard Bro, it. he dropped it over quarantine. You heard it. Donald Trump is talking okay. in America. Somewhere in America, okay. I think. It's fire. Okay. It's definitely fire. But your boy Ja Rule got his panties in a bunch. Oh, this man. man said, I usually mind my business and ignore the white noise, but I think it's very unprofessional, very unprofessional, that ESPN would try and diminish or discredit who and what I am to this culture. Whoever posts for your social accounts at ESPN needs to be fired. Ja Rule, come on, son. Just relax, well, listen, brother. Is is an listen, album coming? Why are you doing this? Tell me. Listen. Um, <laughs> Tell me. 
I, I commend Ja Rule for what he's done for hip hop. He was killing yeah. it in the early 2000s. You know, he's he's managed to still stay relevant and in the spotlight over these last over this last decade. So I think that that's great. Over a decade to be 1,000, but we can't hey, act like every we, we can't we, we can't act like every celebrity doesn't have a bad moment. And it, and it's okay that you had a bad moment. It's okay that no one clapped and no one was as hype as you. Yeah, it's but, so you good. but you can't but you can't you can't get you can't get mad Don't that be people mad laugh. about it. Yeah. It's I can't so be so mad because cuz I also saw in that statement that he was kind of hinting at or threatening to possibly sue for slander or defamation. Well, if that's oh, going to be the case. If that's going to be the case, you need to sue everybody cuz that that went viral. That that ESPN didn't just just post that. I've seen that on so many other pages, so many yeah. other retweets and posts on IG. So if you're gonna if you're gonna try to sue ESPN, you gotta get everybody. You gotta get everybody. And we get that they have 35 million followers, but people was laughing at that way before ESPN posted it the other day. So it's not gonna happen, my brother. And last but not least, shout out to my boy Chris Breezy. Mm. They talking Chris Brown and Usher. But Breezy got in his bag and said, I'm I'm not with it. You know, if he if anybody wants him to do a versus, he could literally do a versus off his features alone, which I can't knock because he literally can. And to be mm-hmm. honest, I like Usher a lot. But mm-hmm. Chris Brown bag is different. His catalog of music is like like that's what Chris Brown does. He makes hits. And Usher does too. Sense. I just feel like Chris Brown is just He's our Michael Jackson. I would agree. That's how I feel. I would agree. People can argue it if they want, but like, <laughs> that's a bad man. So yeah, I don't is. really he... feel like there's anybody, at least in the R&B game. You, I mean, even if you like Trey Songz, Trey Songz still can't. It, you can't mess with Chris Brown. You can't mess with Chris Brown. It's not happening. So shout out to Breezy, man. You know, I yeah. wanted to see I... him do it for the culture, but I guess he's in his bag. He's not dragging it. So I mean, I I. I'm not mad at him. I feel like when you talk about me being Chris Brown, you gotta understand what I what I come with. Like I, really? but I, but I also I also have to take a step back and look at it. Like there's been legends who've taken the time out of their day. That's what I'm saying to, to do that. I seen I see I just seen Snoop. I just seen DMX. I just saw hey homage, saw, isn't it? Yeah, you know what I mean. I just saw Fat Joe talking to KRS One, talking about going up against LL Cool J. Like there's see? been legends willing it's to for do the this. Culture so think, again, like you say, it's not it's about you culture. So I think that uh, it would be it would be great to see Chris Brown and Usher face off on verses because that that would be that would be, that would great, be tremendous. That would be legendary, you know. And, and it's I'm no sure, shot I... to Breezy. Yeah, it's no shot to Breezy. I just want him to understand, like you're saying, this is for the culture. This is for us to enjoy, right? So even if your bag is different, your catalog is very lengthy. Go ahead, just go up there and do your twenty songs, so that we can say that we did it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't feel like this is a moment that you really just make about yourself. But then again, he has the right to say if he doesn't want to do it as well. So just me as a fan, I, I want to see it. Because to be honest, he's my favorite artist. And I don't really yeah, have man. favorite artists like that. So he's fine. Come on, see Breezy. Come on, step out your cover zone for a little bit. And yeah, get in give there. Us some, give us something that we would love. Because you know damn well this will be <laughs> one for the history. This will be one for the history books. You want Usher on Versus, man. So if you hear this, man, please consider absolutely it's the believe in nba prospects podcast on the believe podcast network 
Like we tell you all the time, you can pick your poison. We are on all platforms. We appreciate y'all tuning in with us today. Rob Bruin, T. Rose, we out of here, man. Enjoy y'all Monday. Be safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.